Welcome to Wealth Curve Talk, hosted by John L. Smallwood, a certified financial planner and president of Smallwood Wealth Management. With over 30 years' experience helping people with wealth management strategies, financial planning, business ownership, estate planning, insurance, and more, John shares insight with you that you can use to gain financial confidence and peace of mind. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and six-time five-star Wealth Manager Award winner, John L. Smallwood. Hello, John Smallwood from Smallwood Wealth Management located in Red Bank, New Jersey. Today we're on the podcast, Wealth Curve Talk, and I wanted to share some insights of what's going on. There's a lot of headlines constantly about inflation. The impact of inflation, how inflation is going to impact us, whether inflation exists or it does not exist. Um, and it's an interesting conversation. And it's really important to everybody when you're building a wealth plan, you're building a financial plan, you're building a financial strategy to understand the impacts of inflation. And a solution to overcoming inflation is not isolated to one or you know one-off investment decision, but more importantly, it is a macro plan of multiple tools coming together at different times under different economic conditions in different places to provide that safety in the inflationary conversation because inflation is here. It has always been here. It will always be here as part of the, the natural law of you know wealth and the erosion of wealth because inflation is an erosion tool. It takes away purchasing power. It makes money less valuable as you move forward. As we're on this podcast today, before we get started, I want to make sure that you have that you have a couple pieces of information that's available to you. Uh, first of all, everything that's on the podcast is general and that it's going to apply to your personal situation. But the question is, how does it apply to your personal situation, which is almost impossible for anybody to really realize that because you're unique, your plan is unique, you're different than everybody else, and the impacts of inflation are going to be different on you. Because if you really think about inflation, the government gives us a couple different numbers that says inflation is 2.2% and or 1.1% or whatever that number is. And based on that, the government has to do certain things, such as increase Social Security or do other things. So there's you have to think about is what is what's in the inflation calculation, what's not in the inflation calculation, what's being removed and added and replaced, and what impact does that have on the true number? I argue that inflation is relative to the individual and that everybody that's listening to this podcast, everybody that's in the world has their own unique inflation rate based upon where they live, what part of the country they live in, if we're talking about just the United States, how old they are, what they buy, the types of items they buy, their preferences, the frequency in which they buy them, the size and the quantity in which they buy them is going to impact the inflation rate. If you're, and this is a small minutiae here, but if you're shopping weekly and buying one roll of toilet paper, as opposed to going to the large box store and buying 18 months of toilet paper, you might be subject to more inflation one way or the other, depending upon the day that you bought that. If prices are constantly rising, then buying the 
18-month supply was a better way to, you know, to protect from inflation. But what I wanted to do in this is not talk about the minutia, but talk about how important this is, right? At our website, as we go forward, Smallwood Wealth Management, uh, all the podcasts that we've done are there. You can subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting streaming service. Um, I'd love to get ideas and concepts for you, you know, from you as to things that you want to hear, when you want to hear them. Um, we also, on the website, offer um, the ability to schedule what we call a wealth curve conversation. That is a free, no obligation conversation, 30 to 40 minutes with one of our advisors to really dig in and understand what is important to your plan, where is the financial pressure, as we like to call it, and what kind of strategies and solutions can you begin to put into play that are going to help offset that financial pressure. Financial pressure comes from uh, taxes and inflation, planned obsolescence, technological change, uh, and a myriad of other stuff, right? I mean, it's just crazy. But you have to think about this, right? Is if I am retired today or I'm here, right? I'm working, I'm not retired. Uh, I'm growing a family, whatever it is. If I earn $100,000 in today's environment and inflation is 3% over a 10-year period, my $100,000 will only buy, right? If you think about it, so you got 3%, you have $100,000 starting value, think about that. And inflation is 3%, right? So what's happening is over time, as we go forward, slowly that purchasing power is being under undermined, right? So 10 years from now, $100,000 only buys $73,000, $742 worth of goods if inflation is 3%. Over a five-year time frame, you're talking about $15,000 of purchasing power taken or $100,000 only buys $85,873. Now, if you're working in an environment where your income is staying level and flat, and inflation is 3 or 4% around you, you're feeling that pressure because you're having trouble getting out of the grocery store. You're having trouble you know, getting as much items as you were before. Now, if your income is going up at a great rate, your potential, you, know, you don't feel the effects of inflation. It's when you get onto some sort of fixed income environment where your income's not changing, but everything around you is changing as far as the pricing, and it costs more to go forward to buy new things, you're feeling the impact of inflation, okay? So what I wanted to just kind of discuss for a second is when you look at inflation, and I, there's, there's a download that I have available that I pulled some J.P. Morgan asset management charts. They have the guide to markets. They have the guide to retirement. I've taken a couple slides from there for the conversation of this, you know, for what we're talking about. So there's a couple different things, right? So you have core CPI, core inflation is defined as CPI excluding food and energy prices. So core CPI excludes food and energy prices. But that's what we buy, don't we? <laughs> 
the PCE, the personal consumption expenditure deflator, employs an evolving chain-weighted basket of consumer expenditures instead of a fixed-weighted basket in the CPI calculations. CPI is used is a CPIU is values or percentage as one year ago. Okay, so this is a chart that's on here. But what they're talking about is headline and core inflation, right? So when you have the 50-year average, core CPI is at 3.8%. Headline CPI is involving some of the food and the energy prices, right? So that... When you look at that for 50-year average, its core CPI is 3.8%. April of last year, it's 3%. May of this year, May of 2021, it's 3.8%. But food CPI is showing as 30, a 50-year average at 3.9%. And April of 2.4 and May of 2021, 2.2%. And energy CPI, the 50-year average is 44 April of 2021, it's 25%, and of May of 2021, it's 27%, right? So if you're building a long-term wealth plan and you're trying to put money aside, right, so that someday you can retire, and to, you know, you're in this position where you need 100000 or want $100,000 worth of income in retirement, and the number... You're using 3% for the number, but it's really 4%. How wrong is your calculation? If we're you know, on a boat and we're going to head somewhere and we think that the current in the wind is running at you know, three knots and the wind is you know, 10 miles an hour and I'm heading into the wind and I'm heading into the current, well, I'm doing a calculation of how long I'm going to take to get there. If the wind's behind me and the current's ahead of me, it's a different calculation. I'm going to burn more or less fuel. There's things that I'm going to do, right? But when you really think through this for a second, right? So if I have $100,000 and I'm sitting here and I'm 45 years old and I'm looking out into the future and I've got a 3% you know, inflation and I'm looking at 20 years from now, I need $180,000 in today's dollars to spend the same amount as $100,000 does today. But if inflation is actually four, it's two hundred nineteen thousand. So it's like forty thousand dollars, give or take, range of difference, just for a one percentage point difference in those categories. When you start to think about the different items and the different things that are going on, this inflation is what causes people to spend down money in retirement. Market volatility does, overspending does, all these other things, but this slow creeping of inflation is that everything costs more than it does in the future, you know, than we thought it was going to. And that that impact is going to, as you age, as you become older, you're going to spend money on different things. There's a wonderful chart that I put out also from JP Morgan where it's talking about the average annual spending by age and category. So you break it down, you got healthcare, education, housing, excluding mortgage, housing, mortgage, food and beverage, travel, transportation, entertainment, apparel, charitable contributions. 
And you know, as a wealth advisor, we sit here and you know, the number, you know, the top five, one of the top five things that everybody always talks about is, you know, I want to travel more when I retire. I want to travel. I want to travel. What the chart showing is that 55 to 64 year olds, it's about four percent of their budget, about five percent of their budget. Retirees, it's four percent of their budget. So it doesn't look like they're traveling more. It actually looks like they might be traveling less. But healthcare went from nine percent of budget to fourteen. Hmm. Things that make you go home, right? So it's when you start thinking about what it is that you're buying, how you're buying it, what you buy, where you buy it, when you buy it, you're impacted differently based upon, you know, what it is that you're buying. And, you know, you think about average inflation by spending category from 1982 to 2020, okay, based on the consumer price index strategy, healthcare over the last, you know, over that time frame from 82 to 20, you're talking about 4.7%. Education is 4.6%. Now, I'm coming on the back end of, you know, I've got four kids that have gone to, you know, private high schools and public high schools and have gone to colleges. And I didn't, I did not experience 4.6% inflation on those schools. I actually experienced significantly more than the 4.6 based on the schools that my kids went to and the expenses that were surrounding them. Okay. Average inflation on a house, 1982 to 2020, is 2.7. Housing expenses, 2.8%. Food and beverage, 2.7%. Everybody that I'm talking to now has, you know, leaving the grocery store with less stuff or much more money spent for the same stuff. Housing has gone through the roof. Real estate taxes are increasing. You know, insurance costs are increasing. Um... You know, if you live in a condo association, it you know you're getting the impact of rising uh, homeowners association dues, etc. Uh, if you're in Manhattan and you don't have the tenants in your co-op anymore that are paying, you know, the commercial tenants, your your co-op fees are going up, and you're seeing this. You know, that's not really inflation, but that you know you're seeing the impacts of rising expenses, right? So. You have to be thinking about is what is this impact going to be on my wealth over time as I as I'm accumulating wealth. The longer I live, the longer I have wealth, the more impact inflation plays on on that plan. Uh, if you go back to my calculation before, where we were talking about you know needing more money in the future, but if you take that hundred thousand dollar starting point and you think about a 30-year retirement that's going to be 3%, you know, over the 30 years, $100,000 gets whittled down to 40 in purchasing power. So keeping pace with inflation is a very important thing, right? So when you think about it, the tools that, what are the tools that we have available to us, right? What what things can we do? And there's a lot of different concepts out there that, you know, you can deploy in a financial strategy to impact and overcome the effects of inflation. And it's from that perspective, what you're really trying to look at is, 
if I retire on $100,000 and I'm living exactly the way I want to, I want to live that way over time. And as I move through different age brackets, my spending is going to change, but I want to have the benefit of that of that increasing income so that my pers- my perspective is that um, you know I don't need as much money in the future. Most people that I talk to that are in their 80s and 90s, they need far more money than they need needed when they retired. Um, far more. You know, everything is just more money. So when we think about it, the traditional strategy that you see is that if you have a lot of equities in retirement, that, that's going to be your inflation hedge. That hasn't played out for the generations that have been that are currently retired in every case, right? You've gone through two 50% downturns over the last you know 20 to 25 years here. You've had different types of interest rates. You've had you know housing prices going up, people leaving, moving, you know downsizing. But that that's not necessarily the solution that works every time. So things that are really really important is having different types of vehicles in the plan so that you have opportunities to do different things in your plan Um, because it's a long time frame and you don't know what it's going to be but the ultimate goal is that you what you when you put a plan in play you want to be thinking about you know growing as much wealth as you possibly can reducing the tax burden on that if i can reduce the tax burden that's a way to increase inflation you know, in overcome inflation, right? If I can decrease the expenses on a plan, that's a way to help overcome, you know, in the impact of inflation. If you can reduce the impact of, you know, market volatility, that's going to be a way that's going to help you have more money to get through retirement. Um, having benefits and protection around that wealth, what you want to be doing is utilizing potentially reverse mortgages or charitable, uh, you know, charitable remainder trusts to minimize taxation, get maximum income. Reverse mortgage can give you tax-free income. As we go into a rising tax environment, it might be really beneficial. Life insurance cash values can provide a tax-free but also a source of money for emergencies to go through that. The death benefit can be the permission slip to do reverse mortgage or to do a annuitization or to do a strategy. And you think about it, right? And this is really important. If I had a million dollars 20 years ago, the interest rates were around six, six and a half percent in the bank. So the million dollars could produce about $60,000 a year before tax. As I move forward 20 years later, interest rates are 1% or lower. So that same 60000 is now down to ten. but inflation has driven that need for spending up above that. So the retirees are forced to either take more risk to generate that more income or to spend down capital. And, you know, when you spend down the capital, the fear of running out of money becomes a greater and greater fear or reality. If you, you know, you live longer than you expect, well, geez, you know, you're going to run out of money if you're spending down that capital. And that's the biggest fear that a lot of people have is, you know, between market volatility, inflation, taxes, transaction costs, you know, fees, et cetera. um, Boom, I'm going to run out of money or you know, the medical expenses and stuff like that. I don't mean to be so negative on this, but the reality is all of these things are conditions and strategies that have been present for forever. 
in my book, It's Your Wealth, Keep It, we talk about the impact of inflation a lot and how important strategy is in retirement to, to really push through that. It's not about the individual investment. It's about the proper mix of investments and strategies coming together in a unique way to overcome your unique obstacles that you have. Um, so inflation is here. It's going to be here. It's going to be like, if you think about, do you have a financial strategy that you're looking at and what is it, how is it projecting how inflation is going to impact your expenses? And, you know, is it, you know, linear, meaning it's all across the board at 3% or you have different impacts on different expenditures? Are you really understanding what you spend today? Because let's say you're 60 years old and you make $100,000 a year, and after taxes, you're spending $6,000 a month on stuff. And you're heading into retirement and you think somehow you're going to need $4,000 a month. But the reality is what has changed? You don't have any income, but what has changed? Are you prepared to have that $6,000 a month strategy? And over time, are you prepared? Is your plan prepared to protect that six thousand dollars a month and the growth of it um, to keep pace with inflation? If it's not, we need to rethink it, right? So, what I, you know, as we do the podcast, one of the things that's really important is that people know that you know there's we have what we call a wealth curve conversation it's a free 30 40 minute conversation with a financial advisor to talk about the financial pressure that you have and the potential things that you can do to overcome those those objections and those strategies and those things that are like you know giving you that that pressure and there's you know there's no fee there's no obligation to actually do that most people feel it's one of the better conversations they've had you know about their money uh, going forward, but I offer this up to you: is this is the, the amount of information that we have, you know, as a society, the access to the internet, you know, all the information. The most important part of a plan is building a team of advisors to support you and to, and to surround you to make sure that, you know, from a from a protection standpoint, you're protected properly. When you pass away, your family maintains their benefits to the maximum that they can or has money to you know subsidize that uh, nursing homes long-term care um, inflation taxes transaction costs all this stuff is coming at you and are you prepared for it and this is one of the keys is you want to spend a regular time looking at your plan to make sure that you have thought out the problems that could potentially show up um, so good to talk to you today look forward to talking to you sometime in the future and um, share the podcast with your favorite friends share the conversation come to the website smallwoodwealth.com the podcasts are there there's many downloads we have the 19 sources of retirement income for you eight steps to a successful wealth plan the book is available uh, for purchase on amazon it's called it's your wealth keep it look forward to talking to you soon thank you Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood is brought to you by Smallwood Wealth Management, an investment advisor representative. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable 
but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Thank you for listening.